The 2-2 pitch. There's a drive deep right. Cubs win! Cubs win! On a grand slam by Hayward! And this ball's down. This is going to be a tough play. Bryant, the Cubs win the World Series! Bryant makes the play! It's over! And the Cubs have finally won it all! TGIF, and welcome to Fanatics Friday on the Mistaken Identity Podcast. Brought to you by... Fanatics, the world's largest collection of officially licensed fan gear from all the leagues, teams, and players you love. Head on over to the show notes to gain access to the worldwide leader in licensed sports merchandise from all of your favorite teams, and be on the lookout for your chance to win some free items. Now, here are your hosts, Frank and David. another episode of Mistaken Identity and my series uh, on the different leaders that I've had with the Cubs uh, throughout my tenure. Uh, and this one is really, really fun for me. Um, and I want to start by putting him on the spot, not in a bad way, but uh, he sent me a, a goodbye letter via email and I was just stunned. I didn't even have the words to even respond he probably doesn't even remember, but um, that is uh, Ryan. What's up, Ryan? <laughs> What'd you say? I said you ignored me for several weeks. Uh, it was, I was mad. <laughs> I was hurt. I was mad. Like, he what? He no way is he leaving like that out of the blue. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't even respond. I couldn't even... <laughs> It took, weeks. it took me two weeks to, to even respond to you, I think. Yeah. I think it took two weeks yeah. to respond. <laughs> At least. I thought you'd be the very – I thought I was going to get a call, like, the second I sent that email. <laughs> it was funny, though. I got to say this. So uh, the supervisor that I am today, it's funny because when you, so when you were there, uh, I was I was closely associated with you. When, anybody, when the supervisor wanted pizza or they wanted some kind of benefit or whatever, they say, Frank. Go ask Ryan. If, you probably don't even know this, but Frank, go ask Ryan if we can have this, or go ask Ryan if we can do this. And uh, I just got linked to you because eight times out of ten, you would say yes to me. So then <laughs> that just continued and continued, and to this day, you're gone, and I'm still the one that say, "Hey, can we have this?" Can we? <laughs> so I was a yes man, basically. No, I mean we were, people associated you with me for whatever reason. They just associated. Uh-huh. You know, um, okay, well. If it's something that we want, ask Frank. He'll ask Ryan. Like th- that's just how they thought. <laughs> no, I knew you were the speaker of the house for the the little uh, committee of supervisors. We knew that. <gasps> yes. So uh, now, so tell me, uh, where exactly are you now? I know you left to go. First of all, no. Why did you move to Chicago to begin with? When you were in a nice, warm environment. Let's start there. Yeah. So 
I'm not sure, you know, how many of your listeners really know my background, but I, you know, I started off my career in sports. I, w- I went to Ohio University for sports management, you know, and kind of just fell into that realm. I was in recreation. I worked for the university down there and I needed to do a final internship. And I actually ended up at Daytona with NASCAR. And I ended up being with NASCAR for about five years. Um, before I joined the Cubs, I was in Talladega, Alabama at uh, Talladega Super Speedway, and I was the manager of guest services there. I was there for three and a half years. My favorite job ever, my favorite boss ever. He was basically my dad away from my own dad. Uh, still to this day, we talk almost weekly. Um, but one day he sat me down and he said, hey, he's like, I've been here 17 years. I got two kids in middle school. I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. If something opens up that intrigues you, go for it. He's like, I never want to hold you back. I'd love to have you here forever. But he's, he told me, go, you know, reach for your dreams. And, you know, that really, it hurt me at first. But at the same time, I was like, that's, that's a true man telling you to go reach for your dreams. And that's what I did. You know, I, I started looking around. I was in no rush to leave. I still have a house in Alabama. I love Alabama, obviously, roll tide. Um, So I came across the Cubs job and typically I didn't see a whole lot of operations positions with the Cubs. It was usually sales, something that I really just didn't want to do. So I just kind of threw my name into the ring just to see where I would go. And it was the longest interview process I've ever been in. I think I applied probably at the beginning of the season and I wasn't even hired till the end of the season. I didn't start till December of 2018. Um, so it was a long process, uh, but it was definitely worth it. I, you know, I came up, I was the manager of, uh, security, parking, event operations, and then later safety and security. And overall I was there for two years, met incredible people, Frank, and I couldn't even, I can't name every single person, but the family up there was incredible. Um, two years came, uh, COVID hit, things changed. Um, financially with COVID, it, it hurt a little bit being up here in, uh, Chicago as well. So I got hit up by a couple recruiters for different positions and one down in Miami with uh, a third party security company came up to go down and run the security operations for hard rock stadium where the dolphins, the hurricanes, and basically any event you can ever imagine happen. Um, so I went down there for eight months. I, you know, I, ran events from, you know, Dolphins, Hurricanes games, all the way up to the national championship game where Alabama beat Ohio State. No big deal. But I got to see my school beat um, Ohio State where I grew up, which was fantastic. And then anywhere from Miami Open tennis tournament to Rolling Loud Music Festival. I got a lot of experience in the 10 months that I was there, but ultimately, I decided that Miami really wasn't the place for me. I wanted to get back to Chicago where I had friends. I, my family's all from Ohio. So I really just needed to get closer back up here at home. So here I am. I moved back about two months ago. Right now I work for a security company. I manage security at some of the parks downtown. Um, it's nothing sexy, nothing really that I want to do for the rest of my career. Uh, right now, you know, I'm just, I'm here and excited to be back. Uh, so the one thing I, you know, and and I can say this because I'm black. I hate, I hate that term, but I'm <laughs> so I was impressed. The first day that we got to eat, you ordered chicken and waffles. I'm like, this guy is a brother. Like he's, he's one of us. <laughs> he's one of us. 
is what it was. But like that chicken and waffle moment, that made it for me. I don't know if you know that, but that, yeah. that made it for me. That, like he ordered chicken and waffles. I'm like, whoa, that, that was impressive. <laughs> That is is that one of your friends the rest of the time, just over the chicken and waffles? Yeah, like, so that was must be from your southern background. You're from the south, right? Yeah, so I'm actually, I'm from Ohio originally. Okay. But it's, I mean, depending where you're from in Ohio and if you've been there, it's pretty southern. Um, I'm from a little area outside of Canton, Ohio, Pro Football Hall of Fame. It's very country. It's actually known as uh, Amish country. So I kind of grew up. I guess somewhat with those Southern roots, my grandma was from Kentucky. So I guess you could kind of say that's where it came from, but you know, I always, always, I fit in very well when I was in Florida, when I was in Alabama, that Southern kind of roots there. They weren't the best chicken waffles, by the way. No, they're not. I'm not going to say where we got, where we went to get them, but um, a very large chain known for their breakfast items, Mm. not the greatest chicken waffles. Uh, yeah, so now, so does that does that soul that's in you, does that translate to music? Like, what's on your playlist? What do you listen to? Ooh, so, fun fact. If I would go back to my high school days, if you'd ask me what I wanted to be, I would say a sound engineer. That's always been in the back of my mind. If I knew anything about computers other than how to get on a Zoom call or, you know, beats and everything like that, I would be a sound engineer right now. So, on my playlist, it's basically everything you can imagine. I last night I just went to Luke Combs down at the United Center, so obviously that's you know fresh on the playlist. But I'll listen to rap, hip hop, jazz, country, basically everything. Rock. I get into my little funks where I want to listen to nothing but Lincoln Park and some of the sort of screamo music. I kind of just all over the place. Um, I don't I don't really know where that started. You know, my parents, my dad listened to rock growing up and my mom was diehard country. But, you know, I guess I just kind of I, I felt a place when it came to music that I could kind of explore anything and everything. And that's really where I, you know, I fell on that spectrum. I also listened to a lot of pod- podcasts recently. I don't know why, but I just like talk, listen to people talk, I guess. I got to say, I was impressed when I saw you at the concert and you came in, you, you knew the name of my podcast. I was impressed. I'm like, Oh wow. He knows the name of my podcast. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was How impressed. Not? Everybody talks about it. I was impressed. I'm like, Oh wow. Um, but I want to go back real quick to NASCAR. So what's the difference? What's the difference between a NASCAR crowd and a baseball crowd? I'm just curious. Since you've done with both, what's the, are there any, are there any similarities or differences? I'm sure we had this conversation, but so NASCAR is very different in the fact that you can actually bring in your own alcohol. So unless it is in a glass bottle, you can bring it in. So we're talking 24 packs of beer. uh, You're talking a plastic handle of vodka. Basically, as long as it's not glass and it can't get thrown onto the track, you could bring it in. So, you know, I was, my title was guest services always when I was in NASCAR, but Guest services, as a lot of your listeners probably will realize, is kind of an umbrella term, even in baseball. NASCAR, it's even more umbrella. I was in charge of gates. I was in charge of ushers. I was in charge of infield. Basically, a lot of security was still involved with it. So we we had a lot of issues with alcohol, obviously. Um, it was very big, you know, in the South. The college students would always come. They'd go drink pretty heavy out in the campgrounds prior, come inside, 
And so we dealt with a lot of alcohol issues, just like the bleachers. So that's why I, you know, naturally transitioned to Wrigley pretty easily. Um, but I, I don't follow NASCAR so much now that I don't have anything to do with it, but still to this day, they are the most passionate fans of any sport, more passionate than Cubs fans. Even I would say these guys, you know, a lot of them, you know, they work blue collar. They don't have a little, whole lot of money, but the little bit of money that they do have, they save up for a year and they go to Talladega and they camp for a week. I mean, we literally would open our campgrounds up on Monday morning and people would be in that one campground from Monday morning until Monday, the following morning. And they would be in there. They'd have fun. They'd grill. People brought lawnmowers because the grass would grow so much during the week that they were there. They'd mow their little spot off. Um, it was, it was incredible. And I, I loved it. You know, when I first took the job, I didn't know anything about NASCAR. Like they, that was one of the questions on my internship interview was, Hey, how much you know about NASCAR? And I was, I was going to lie and say, Oh, I'm a fan and everything like that. And I was like, I'm not going to do that. I straight up told him, I said, I don't know anything about it. And that was honestly, they said that was the best answer because they didn't want someone who was going to go get lost into the race and sit in the stand somewhere. And I was like, I guarantee you, I'm not going to sit there and watch this. Um, but I grew into it. I loved it. I followed it pretty hardcore for a while. Just being guest services, I needed to know a lot of, you know, the drivers, what what was going on in the sport. So I followed it pretty good for a while. So I was kind of a fan for a little bit and I still follow it right now, but not like I used to. But yeah, fan wise, it's they're incredible. Now I'm not sure if I told you this or not, but uh, 15 because of COVID uh, in Chicago at least the stadiums are having a hard time. Staffing. Yeah. So 15 Cub supervisors are now 15 Bears supervisors, and um, I have noticed a complete difference between the football crowd and the baseball crowd. So for you uh, with the Miami uh, Dolphins, did did you see any difference between the baseball crowd and the football crowd like I did? You know, unfortunately, I, I got down there during COVID. Now, Florida, whole different world. They really didn't believe in COVID. So the only difference there, we still had a full, when I got there, we didn't have any, well, we did, we had pods. So we had, we had some restricted seating, but come national championship game, there was no restricted seating. It was back to full capacity, but we didn't have any tailgating. So I didn't get to experience the NFL tailgating probably for the best being the security manager didn't really probably want to deal with that. So that was a nice little change up. Um, but yeah, fan wise, I, I just feel like football fans are so more, much more passionate about it. I mean, Cubs fans, they, they come in the jerseys, they come in everything, but these dolphins fans, they straight dressed up in the shoulder pads and like helmets. And I mean, they just take this so seriously I feel like their whole life revolves around what the Dolphins did. They were coming. I got to at least manage um, the training camp prior. And I went down to spring training, and I feel like spring training was one thing compared to what training camp is. So I went to training. I went to spring uh, training for the Cubs. And, yeah, you had Cubs fans, but it was mostly just people that were in town, you know, they, they're the Cubs fans. They're coming to see it. Training camp fans are a total different fan. Like they're tailgating out for training camp. 
they're sitting there every single training camp watching these guys either get cut, you know, make the team. So I feel like it's just, I would say NFL fans are probably even more passionate than what NASCAR fans were. Now, it's no secret that um, we were huge fans of yours. Like, you know, we were like, Brian Medley is probably the greatest ball I've ever Appreciate it. And, you know, uh, I'm sure everybody was like, oh, my God, he's leaving. But uh, so tell me, you know, what basically is your what do you consider to be your managerial style, or your leadership style? Not just with the Cubs, but wherever you go, that makes you so well received. Because a lot of people hate their bosses just naturally. You know, they hate authority. Uh, but you seem to have mm-hmm. the key, uh, you know, to people like Frank. You know, I'm, I'm whatever you say, I'm doing it. Like I'm, I'm gonna, I'm here to make you look good, even though that's not a cool thing to say. But like, if you say do it, and I'm, I may be against it, I might argue yeah. back and forth a little bit. But because you told me to do it, and I respect you, I'm gonna do it. So what what is your what are the key to your managerial or your leadership style? Yeah, and to your point right there, I don't. You probably never really saw me argue with you on items. You know, I've just never been that type. So I go back to my boss at Talladega. Like I said, he was kind of my dad away from my own dad. I when I first took the job, I was pretty I was pretty green. I was fresh. I you know I just came out of some part time and a little bit of full time roles. So. Anytime I'd have an idea, I would go into his office and try to pitch it to him. One day he finally was, he's told me, Medley, stop. He goes, I hired you for a reason. Do it. If it doesn't work, we can visit it after. And that really resonated with me. And that's just, that's just how I manage. So anybody who's listening, who, you know, worked for me probably can, probably can talk, speak to this, that I let you guys run with it a lot of times. You are the, you're the front line. You're out there. You're dealing with the guests. You're dealing with the staff. Like, yes, I deal a little bit with them, but you are the first line of defense when it comes to them. So if you have a suggestion, I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to let you try it. If it fails, okay, great. What did we learn from that situation? I've always been a learn from your, learn from your mistakes. And I've always been very hands-on. I'd much rather be out on the front lines. I'm sure people have seen me. I would love to grab a wand. I'd love to grab, uh, we don't really do bag checks anymore, but I'll sit there and check people's bags, scan tickets. Like, I feel like that's the biggest thing for staff is to see that their boss is not above what they're doing. Because unlike many bosses, you know, that just went to school, got a degree in sports management, whatever, they, you know, they really didn't do what you guys have done. I started off in school scanning tickets, you know, checking bags, stuff like that. I started where everybody else has started and just grew my way up. And, you know, that's a big part of my management style too, is I always kind of want to pick people that are young and want to grow in the industry and really show them where they can be. So I had a lot of folks always come up to me and ask, how do I get to where you are one day? And I'll take them under my wing and show them how to get to this level one day. Okay. Um, so over at the at the Bears, uh, after just two games there, um, Kyle and myself uh, got asked to be managers, like to move up to a, another level, which we've never done before. So my question to you is, um, you know, for us, what, what, is some, what is your advice on dealing with uh, different personalities? For example, uh, like mine, I am genetically as a child, I've just, I've just been hyper. I talk fast. I move fast. I got to always be, I'm always into something. Uh, so yeah. I, 
I can be very unknowing to, um, you know, work under that. I'm always like, can I do this? Can we do this? But I'm just, I'm just mm-hmm. naturally hyper. Uh, that could be a bad thing to some people or whatever. So how do you deal with personalities that are unknowing like me or just, you know, how, how do you deal with different personalities as a manager? Yeah. I, you know, I'm surprised a lot of times that I act the way I do with everybody that I am good with people. Uh, I, I'm a single child. I grew up by myself with my mom and dad. Like, so I didn't have anybody else's personality really growing up to learn from other than just, you know, friends in school, stuff like that. Um, but I guess just along the way, you know, I've always, I maybe my parents, you know, give them kudos for this is just, everybody's different. Every single person is different in their own way. And it's just really, you know, hearing them out and, you know, helping them grow. Yes. Frank is super, you can be the most quiet person ever, but then you can also be the most vocal person ever. (laughs) There's two spectrums of you. And I will always just sit there and listen to what you have to say, or just wait for you to talk. So I, I feel like you just have to, you have to be willing to, you know, hear people out and just see what they have to say and help them grow. Um, you know, when it comes to event staff, the reason I've always just been in the staffing realm, you know, uh, is just the different spectrum of people that you get. I always say this, you know, interviews, anything like that, podcasts. My favorite thing about working with event staff is, you know, this might be someone's very first job ever, especially at Wrigley. We get a lot of kids that are, you know, coming out of high school. They don't have any work experience. This is their first job ever. We have those middle of the ground folks where, you know, they either have an outside job where this is just, they're doing it for the fun. They're doing it for extra money, or this is their only job on top of a bunch of other seasonal positions. And then you have the retired folks like Ray, who they definitely don't need the money. They're just doing this because they love the Cubs. They love meeting people, everything like that. So it's really, you know, I feel like you have to be a special breed to be in this, you know, industry working with seasonal staff because you have every single personality out there. And I give kudos to every single person who does work with seasonal staff because I mean, there's some out there that shouldn't be working with seasonal staff, but then you have people, Cubs folks, Sam, throw her out, Justin, throw him out um, that are incredible working with staff. And that's why I absolutely loved working with those two. When I was a part of the Cubs organization, they're just like me. They, any individual, any personality they can work with. And I'll give Sam some kudos that I definitely, you know, uh, I was in a manager role. She was in coordinator role. I, there was things that I learned from her because of her experiences working with seasonal staff. And I'm sure she learned some things from me as well. So. So you think you can dance? Join the community sports fans dance troupe and learn the baseball fan dance. Don't miss your chance to dance in the CSF official music video. All baseball fans are welcome. Please visit communitysportsfans.com for further details. Club 400 Ballpark Lager is a beer for all nine innings. 
take me out to the ball game. This crisp, easy-drinking lager is perfect for a summer day amongst the bricks and ivy. Crafted at Crystal Lake Brewing, this beer is clean and refreshing with minimal bitterness so that you can celebrate a W in style. From Club 400, Cubs fans helping Cub fans, this baseball brew can be found at most places that sell beer in Northwest Illinois or from Crystal Lake Brewing. Beer master Ryan Clooney. Enjoy a beer or six-pack today, and please remember to drink responsibly. Uh, yes, and, uh, you know, it's funny because people are like, Frank, quiet, but, like, in meetings, I'm generally quiet. If we're in a meeting full of people, I'm probably not going to say a word. I might have a thousand ideas, but I'm quiet. I'm going to sit in the back of the meeting. <laughs> there, were, there were several times where people would come to me. I guess it was just me and you, Frank, our connection. They'd be like, Frank didn't say a word in that meeting. What's what's the issue? And I was like, I don't know. He just doesn't talk during meetings. It's fine. He'll come talk to me 10 minutes from now and tell me. Yes, I'm just like quiet, listening. People are going back and forth. I'm just like, okay. Yeah, I mean, and I'll be honest with you. If you talk to Sam, Jordan, anybody in the Cubs organization, I'm kind of the same way. In a meeting, I don't talk. I like to just absorb everything. I I hate notes. I don't take notes like on a piece of paper. Everything's up here. So, and I, I feel like there's a part of me that's like ADD. Like if something else is happening, I can't focus. So during a meeting, I'm laser focused on what's being said. So maybe we, we got that connection going too. But for now, it's been quiet all day. Now that I sit down, my neighbor wants to drill. It's just, it's just weird. You know, I've been quiet all day. But, uh, and speaking of moving, so I remember, I remember when you uh, first moved. Um, even you had like boxes. You, you just you had an apartment with like nothing in it. And <laughs> I think you had a cat. Maybe I think you maybe had a cat. I think at, at that first time. I have a dog. A dog you had when you when you, yeah. when you first moved in the first time. Yeah, I'm like. Uh, so tell me about like the move. How did you find an apartment quickly, or did, were you already planning, or? Well, uh, well, I'm not a good example because I move way too often. Um, so, like I said, I so I currently I still have a house in Alabama. I rent it out. I have great renters. She's been there for three years now, I think. So that house is, she's got it rented. I don't really have anything there. I got a couple of things locked away in the garage that she can't get to. But other than that, everything else came either to my parents' house in Ohio or my tiny little basement apartment that I started off in Chicago. And exactly what you said, I, I didn't have enough room for everything. So I was living out of boxes. It was just me and my dog. I was in a basement unit unit, and it flooded twice. That was fun. So I only lived that lease out for its entirety of the 12 months. I moved up to like Edgewater, right? Basically right outside of Loyola's campus. I love that apartment, but that was right during COVID, during my exit during the Cubs. So there's another move within two years. I moved from Chicago to Florida. And then not even 10 months later, I decided to pack it all back up and move back up to Chicago. So here I am now, got a two-bedroom apartment, have plenty of room now, not living out of boxes. Um, I signed a two-year lease. I don't plan on moving ever again until I buy a house. So <laughs> all right, now, so last night you said, you know, you, you were at the Luke uh, Combs concert with the many people that I know. Now, I'm the kind of person that goes to a concert or an event, wrestling, basketball, whatever. And for some reason, I'm watching the security. I'm watching the, the, the there's no staffing over here. And there's no, so are you are you the kind of person that when it's a fight or whatever, you're sort of watching what the staff does like me? Or do you get to enjoy where you're at? Um, 
Yes, very much so. Last night I was a little less like worried about it. I was like, you know what? I don't care about what's happening outside of this concert, but there was definitely, we, I sat right next to one of the tunnels and for the longest time, Wrigley, you know this, that there are certain places fans can't go during a concert. Uh, they didn't have any staff blocking the tunnel for some reason. So everyone thought that was the way to the restroom. And it was killing me not to just like go down there and be like, no restroom up the stairs, guys, restroom up the stairs. Mm-hmm. Um, but finally they brought somebody over there. I, I didn't go tell anybody, but yeah, there was, there's always, I feel like every event that I go to, I always like last night, especially because so many people that I worked with at Wrigley shout out, uh, Terry Buck saw him last night. Um, a lot of folks that worked for me at Wrigley also worked down at the United Center. So every gate I walked by, I was looking, trying to recognize anybody. I heard the company that you work for at the Bears was also there. So I was like, I wonder if Frank's here. I was going to text you, but I was like, he's too professional. He's working. He's not going to text me. Um, but I was looking around trying to see people that I know. Um, definitely, you know, and one big thing about that is just, you know, you see, you see different things at different stadiums all the time that you can always bring an idea to where you work. Um, luckily I know the guys at the United center, so we always shared ideas anyway, but you know, I have a lot of ideas that I got down in Miami that I can share with, uh, the folks ever over at the United center or the team over at, uh, at the Cubs as well. So, yeah, you know, so I, uh, I recruited for the event, uh, last night to get staffed up. I didn't go and you might be shocking. This might shock you because of how I was with you, but, uh, this year I did the minimum of everything. Uh, yes, I didn't do any gotta go waste. I did I did the minimum of everything. Um so I don't before I was at everything, early in the morning, early starts, promo, whatever, I was I was always there. Um so I was not there yesterday. Um I've gotten to the point now where I'm just sort of the minimum is good for me. (laughs) I would have never expected that, Frank. I know, I know. Uh but see but I have done but what I've done though is I spent more time planning events and things so appreciation to the staff. Uh, I threw a huge uh, party with supervisors at Club 400. Uh, they got, all got gift bags for my favorite thing, like Oprah. It was pretty cool. Uh, That's cool. My, my Smoke Daddy brush that you think you know about already. I used to have it every year. Um, so I'm coming cool. back, I saw. Yes, on the 27th. Maybe you can come for the first time. But uh, So, yeah, so I've done less work working inside of the park and more appreciation stuff to staff because of COVID. Outside, like the podcast is dedicated to the staff. So, um, yeah, less working. I took days off. I went to, I went to the games more often, sat in the stands. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I've done the minimum. What I, what I have to do, yeah. I've done that, which is not like me at all. So, <laughs> No, not at all. But, hey, no. I mean, I did work the concert, so I think I do get an invite to Smoke Daddy, right? So I, I hate to bring up this, but uh, – I was not supposed to work every concert. I was, I'm doing the minimum, right? And I was forced <laughs> to work. Forced. Yes. You you yeah. came back because you heard I was coming back. Right. The only way I was told the only way that I could see you was if I did the concerts. And it was directed towards me, I felt like. So I ended up working <laughs> on the concerts. <laughs> Do you regret it? Not yes. at all. You know you have to. I do. No. no. Take it back. I don't really, okay. I don't, I don't want to get to the business of, the, of the, what happened there that day, but seeing you know, I, it was awesome. It was great. Uh, that's all I want to say about that. I'm going to move on. Yeah, exactly. We got to have a nice little conversation. You got to yeah. see me. You got yes. to see Guns N' Roses, Dead & Co. I mean, what more could you ask for? Yeah. I, I, my, my 
Yes, my one hour or so that was with you, I enjoyed. Yes. Appreciate <laughs> um, that. But I, I do want to talk about this though, real quick. Because we brought up food a little bit earlier. I met you on food. We went out to eat when I first met. Um, yeah. And, you know, uh, we're in the house, just you and the dog. Do you cook? I you, you know you're from the South. Like, do you cook? And if so, what do you cook? You know, ideally, if I had unlimited funds, I would never cook. I would just order out all the time. But unfortunately, we're not, I'm not in that boat. So I do, I cook quite a bit. You know, I'm pretty minimalist. I'd like to cook full on meals. I did the whole HelloFresh, the Freshly, all those meal kits for a while, but they just get expensive after a little bit. So I'm more of the type to just run down over to Jewel, grab a couple boxes of spaghetti, a couple of sauce, you know, jars of sauce and some meat and just make some spaghetti real quick. And that will fend, fend me off for a couple of days. Um, Right now in my fridge, I made a nice Cajun uh, penne pasta. So after we get off this, I'll eat that. But if I could order pizza every single day, I would order pizza every single day, especially in this city. That was the best and the worst thing about moving to Chicago was the best thing is there's so many pizza options. I could eat a different pizza every single day. The worst thing is it's not good for my weight whatsoever. Whereas I eat all the time and don't get a pound. I've been the same weight for the last 18 years. <laughs> I'll, I'll grab the change. I'll switch it right now. If I eat two pieces of pizza, I'm going to gain 30 pounds probably. So Now, we got to talk about uh, OBJ and um, the, the, the Browns here. I know you're uh, an Ohio guy. So uh, tell me about, uh, you know, I just heard about the news right before I got on here. But uh, yeah. also, but I, I saw the news because I saw some Bears fan Bears fans saying, "Oh, this could be good for us." So I'm just curious as to what your thoughts are on that. Hey, Bears fans, you are more than welcome to have him. Good luck, enjoy, have fun with all the aftermath. Um, you know, I'm a diehard Browns fan. It everyone's probably going, "Oh, poor guy." Yes, it's rough. <laughs> I've my whole life has been rough. There was a brief period when I was a child where I was a, a Steelers fan. Not really. I was just sick and tired of losing, so I wanted a winning team for one year. Um, but I've always been a Browns fan, you know, Cleveland all around. So never really got to experience a championship until the Cavs finally did it. Um, but, yeah, OBJ. All right. It was great in the fact that he took a lot of attention off some of our other receivers but at the same time, I, I, you know, I just don't feel like it was ever connection between him and Baker. And I feel like everyone thought they should have been the ultimate combo, and they just never, it just never panned out. Um, you know, everyone's making fun of him right now because Odell Senior posted all those videos of you know when he wasn't targeted this last game or something like that. But look back for this entire season when he actually did play when he wasn't injured and see. When he was throwing a ball, did he try to catch it one-handed? Yes. Did he catch it? Absolutely not. I Honestly, I think he was – I wish we would have got some kind of draft pick out of him. I think it's a huge waste for us just to drop him and not really get anything other than some cap room out of it. Like, you can't tell me someone didn't offer us at least, like, a, a fifth-round draft pick for the guy. But I don't know. That's why I'm sitting here in this little tiny apartment and not in some million dollar mansion being a GM of the Browns right now. So um, full Browns transparency. I'm good with trading Jarvis Landry right now as well. Let's just rebuild the wide receiver core. 
all behind Baker. Now, do you follow, have you been following any of the, the Justin Fields, Chicago Bears stuff at all? Yes. So I'll go back to the national championship game. Like I said, I, at the time, was working in Hard Rock Stadium. So I grew up an Ohio State fan. Uh, I'm sorry. I grew up in Ohio, not as an Ohio State fan. I actually would wear Michigan stuff to just kind of piss off my Ohio State fans, friends that were fans. Can't talk right now. Um, I don't know. I just grew up. I, I, Cincinnati, Akron, all these other schools in Ohio, and everyone only over Ohio, rooted for Ohio State. I never understood it. So, not an Ohio State fan. I went to Alabama for my masters. So Alabama, Ohio State. You know, I was full on rooting for Alabama. But that night of the national championship game really opened my eyes to Justin Fields. If he would not have been on the field that night, Ohio State would have been absolutely crushed. I mean, they were crushed anyway, but without him, they would have they probably wouldn't have scored at all. That man carried that team to the few points that they did score against a very good Alabama defense. That was the night that I was like, damn, this guy is gonna be really good wherever he ends up. And then I saw the Bears picked him up. And I was like, this is gonna be really, really good. I really have no connection to the bears. I watch them a little bit. I just don't think Nagy is the right piece to have with Justin Fields. I think they need to bring in a fresh coach that can really build behind him, but I'm completely on the fields bandwagon. I think he's got a lot of potential. I mean, the kid can run, he can pass. He just, he just doesn't have the coach behind him. And really, I think, you know, you need to really get a good wide receiver core behind him as well you just don't really have the correct pieces to help him out, but you build around him. And I think you guys can have a good contending squad here soon. Okay. All right. So I want to circle back before we end real quick. You've touched on it a little bit, um, but for those that are watching here that uh, know you, uh, Mm -hmm. what are you doing now again? And are you hiring? Can they apply? (laughs) Yeah. So right now I'm not going to mention the company. Um, If anybody feels feel free to reach out to Frank. He can put you in touch with me. I, I work for a security company. It's third party. Um, we do the 24 365 security down at some of the parks downtown Chicago. Not going to mention the parks either, but I'm sure you can figure out which ones they are. Um, hiring wise, the company is always hiring. It's not just for the parks. Um, they manage many, many, many um commercial and residential buildings as well, downtown suburbs, kind of all over the place. Um, a former colleague of mine who worked for Andy Frayne, who was our rep at the, at Wrigley field, he works at that company. And then one of my former NASCAR colleagues also works at that company. So I will gladly pass you off to one of those two. If you are looking for a full-time position within security, um, always hiring, looking for basically anything and everything. If you have any security guest service background, we can probably find you a job. So just uh, reach out and I'll, I'll get you hooked up. All right. So I'm going to end this by flipping the script real quick. Do you have a question for me? Do you have a question for Frank? Okay. Yes. And this is going to put you on the spot and you're probably not going to answer me. (laughs) If you had to choose right now, would you choose the bears or would you choose the Cubs? The bears. Yeah. Yeah. We talking team or we talking like staff? Like, I I, I mean, I, I was I'm thinking about uh, opportunity for growth for me. So I, I was thinking about that. Now, oh. now team wise, I'm gonna say the Cubs. I mean, but 
Um, right now, even. Yeah, I mean, I've been there so long. I mean, I've I just I've been with the, that team. I mean, I, don't, I got so many clothes. I don't want to redo my house. I mean, I got so much. Uh, sure. But uh, it was the Bears that made me a supervisor first. It was the Bears True. that offered me a managerial spot because they thought I had I had it in me to do it. So you got you got to go where you want. <laughs> That's true. So, uh, I, I say I say Bears. I two between those two. Can I can I ask you a follow up question that I'm yeah. sure everybody's been asking you? Then okay, what's your thoughts about the move? Uh, yes, I, I'm, I see. I want a Super Bowl. I've done a World Series. Um, I want a Super Bowl in Chicago. I mean, the only way we're going to get it is if they move out of where they are now. Um, so I am all for the move. I say let's go tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen the renderings of that place? No, I haven't actually. I saw one rendering. It was just at the outside, but it looks immaculate. And I'm just going to hang out and just hope to God that I can get a job there one day because it looks really cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I plan on, um, you know, sticking out. I want to see, um, you know, uh, where it goes from there. Um, I'm, I'm excited about it. So, um, but yeah, I, mean, and, they're going- I love the cup. I mean, I've been there since I was, what, 16. So, um, yeah. you just, I mean, it's just something new, something refreshing. Uh, yeah, there's just there's more room for growth for me there. So I, I told this to anybody. It's just not a knock on the cup. Just tell this to anybody. You got to go where there's room to grow, and you can move up. And yeah, absolutely. And, uh, the Bears have always Soldier Field is where I became. Again, I was a supervisor first at Soldier Field. I was a manager yeah. first at Soldier Field. So um, you know, I'd be crazy to you know say no to them. <laughs> That's true. You think Wrigley has a lot of concerts? Wait till they build that stadium. That is going to be nonstop. Yes, um, and I'm excited about that too. Like I'm excited about uh, concerts. I like the way um, Mary Beth and S3 they work and manage concerts. I like the way they ran mm-hmm. and organized. So um, I'm definitely uh, looking forward to that and excited about that. Yeah, let's get it done. Let's build it right now. That was a uh, easy question. I had to answer already. That was an easy question. <laughs> How many times did you get asked that? Oh, I get it all the time. I get that all the time. Uh, you know. Um, well, you should have gave me the questions in advance. I would have came up with something super, you know, analytical, made you solve a math problem, something like that on the spot. Yeah, I, like, I, like I, it, I like it like this. I like it when I do it on the spot. Like, hey, ask me a question. Oh, what's your, what's your favorite food? Oh, peace cobbler. There you go. Wow. <laughs> oh, okay. What is your favorite food? I'm just curious now. Peace cobbler. I am in fact right oh, now. Well, my favorite place to eat was Canes, which is why I'm two blocks from Canes right now. Oh. So. Um, Interesting. I can eat canes once a week. What you're saying is canes date after this uh, podcast to celebrate how many viewers we get. On, on, on one about two blocks from me, I've got Smo Daddy and canes. I'm in heaven. Like I'm just like I'm in heaven. Oh. I'm in heaven. All right. So Frank's house this weekend. Canes <laughs> got it. All right. Yes. Yes. Well, uh, Ryan, it was a pleasure. Uh, I have to do this again. This is actually this is actually fun. I have to do this uh, again. But I think next time I'm gonna. Re- let you run the whole show. You interview me because uh, huh? most of us, uh, I think you, and it's going to sound crazy, but uh, based on the many, many emails I've sent you and our conversations, you may know more about me than people that see me all the time. <laughs> Possibly. We spend a lot of time together. You got to think about that. Yeah. So that could be a, uh, uh, that could be a good, uh, one, one quick story about, about the Cubs. And this is the convention. Um, Oof. Your first, your, your first convention, um, and I appreciate it now, but I didn't back then. But your first convention, uh, you didn't really know anybody yet other than me. 
So whenever you needed anything yeah. done, you had me, you had me running. If I didn't recognize this, you had me running from floor to floor. Frank, I need this done. Go to this floor. Frank, I need this done. <laughs> you had me running from floor to floor because I was the only one I think that you knew at the time. And I'm only going to say no. You had me running. Do you realize you had me running for two days straight? I take it as a compliment. <laughs> Frank, I really, really need you to go up to this floor and do this. Frank, I really, really need you to go to the fourth floor and do this. Like, what? <laughs> I probably made you a floater for a reason. I don't know. <laughs> yes, bro. I blocked out. I blocked out all my convention <laughs> horrors and everything. R.I.P. Cubs convention. Sorry, you guys can continue your virtual one. Oh, that was awesome too. By the way, that was amazing. But anyway, um, I'm going to uh, uh, let you go. But yes, we'll, we'll definitely, hopefully, see you at the brunch on the 27th, and um, yeah. have you come back and do a whole show where you're interviewing me and see what happens. Yeah, let's do it. I'm all down. All right. So, well, thank you very much, uh, Ryan. And thank you all for watching uh, Mistaken Identity. And we'll catch you all on the next episode. Hey, everybody. Joe Flaherty here with the Mistaken Identity podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. We want to thank you for your continued support. We also want to extend a heartfelt thank you to those of you who have written reviews, dropped some likes, and shared our shows as that has allowed us to grow beyond any of our expectations. As a matter of fact, we're excited to announce a new way for our loyal listeners to enhance their experience even more with our new membership feature. All you have to do is jump in the show notes and follow the link to our Patreon page where you can find access to a whole bunch of extra goodies for as little as $3 a month. You'll be given access to exclusive content, merchandise, behind-the-scenes video, early access to episodes, the ability to make special requests for guests, and much, much more. Now, if that sounds like something that interests you, head on over to Patreon and search Mistaken Identity Podcast, or simply follow the link in our show notes to join the likes of Nancy Sullivan, Alice Daniels, and Kathy Chester at the rookie level, all the way on up to the Hall of Fame level with longtime listeners Kathy Weedley and Kathy Grossman. As always, we can't leave without our disclaimer. Views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely our own, and we do not speak for or on behalf of the Chicago Cubs or any other organization. Stay safe, and we'll catch you next time.